Welcome to the Chase Your Stars podcast. My name is Christy Gomez, and if you're looking to live your best and most expansive life, or you want to be inspired to go chase your dreams, then you've arrived in the right place, my friend. Inside, you'll find conversations about manifesting an incredible life, a little woo-woo mixed in, and be welcomed into a high-vibe space that will show you how beautiful this life can be when you share your gifts with the world. I am so glad that you're here. Grab your drink, grab a snack, and let's chat. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome back to podcast number 11. Whoop, whoop. It is a podcast that was specially requested on the Instagrams by you, at least some of you. Not all of you voted for this one, but I mean, hey, this is the one that got the most votes. So if you're not putting your voice out there, haven't we learned that in prior elections? You need to speak what you want in this world. And if you do, and most people do, then you get what you want. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. So <laughs> this relationship podcast is going to be a good one because I am not saying that I am a relationship expert, okay? That is not why we're doing this podcast. In fact, none of this podcast is about me being an expert in anything. <laughs> it is truly about sharing my experiences with you and having experiences to share, period. And giving you the information or the lessons and the tools that I've learned and you applying it however you feel is worth it for you. So I'm going to talk through a couple things in this podcast. I'm going to talk about the times that I've been engaged. I'm going to talk about the times that I broke off the engagements. I'm going to talk about long-term relationship that I had for almost six years. I'm going to talk about my marriage and how I met my husband. And in between all of that, I'm going to share my experiences and what I've learned out of all of it. You will hear me talk about things like, I think my parents should have got a divorce. Does that mean that you should go out and get a divorce because I think my parents got should have got a divorce? No, but more so than just the relationships and just the tools that I've learned. I wanna talk about how your worth is directly tied into the relationships that you're in. And all relationships take work and I don't think that there's any relationships that are perfect. Every single relationship has ups and downs. You're working with two completely different human beings. So there's going to be times where you have to adjust, you have to compromise, you have to give, you have to communicate, all of those things. But I do feel, and again from personal experience, that there are times in our life where we settle for a person to be our partner for the wrong reasons. And we stay again, for the wrong reasons. I actually don't spend a lot of time on TikTok because when I do, I spend a lot of time on TikTok. So I try to just balance my time. It is so addicting and I don't create a lot. I just go on for my workout videos to like create my own. And then I end up, I'm on bird talk now. I'm seeing all these birds. I'm, there's like people teaching me stuff. I learned how to get the hot air out of a car today. Like there's a lot of things that I'm just really learning from TikTok. And one of the things that I've learned is from a gentleman named Abraham Piper. That's his TikTok handle. I had to go back and look it up because I was going to tell you the story. He talked about something called the sunk cost fallacy which is where you take the cost that you've already put into something, whether it be time or whether it be money 
or uh, whether it be into a relationship and you let the past expense dictate your future decisions. And that for some reason just was like, like mind blown. Wow. How many times have I done that personally in my life where I just didn't want to give something up, even though I knew it had run its course, even though I knew that it was something that I didn't want to do long term. And this could be a job. This could be a relationship. This could be school. This could be a course that you're taking. This could be an interest, a hobby, anything that you've been interested in that you didn't want to give up on because of the amount of time you put in. And it's a short TikTok because they all are, but it's just about why for him, you know, he was, he's older and why he's still figuring out school and was a dropout and all this stuff because he didn't allow the things that didn't work for him to dictate what he needs to do going forward. And if you think about it, that is so common in relationships too. And I have multiple friends that have been in relationships because of the amount of tenure that there's, that there is in that relationship or was in that relationship in some cases. I'm not saying, this is again, I just wanna give a disclaimer. This is my personal opinion, okay? If there's other reasons, if you're happy not getting married, if you wanna just be together and that's not important to you and you wanna be together for one bajillion years, go for it. I think that's amazing. But we all know of the relationships where people are staying just because they've already put this much time in, so why leave now? And I believe that those kind of thoughts tie directly into worthiness, your self-worth, how important you are to the relationship and not prioritizing the relationship as number one. Because if you valued your happiness and your worth over the tenure of the relationship, you'd be able to objectively look at it and think about whether or not you're truly happy being in it. I mean, if the driving factor, the number one reason why you're still in a relationship is just because a relationship has been around as long as it has, then it's probably time for you to do some discovery and some digging of what's important to you. Because then you get into things like, you know, everything's tied together and this is all I've ever known and I wouldn't know what to do if I was on my own, et cetera, et cetera. What about the kids? You know, all that. That's all relevant. But again, if you boil it all down, it comes back to you realizing that you can be happy outside of the relationship and having to probably disappoint a lot of people or make some big decisions that's going to disrupt your life to be the you and have the relationship that you truly desire. Now, the bridge that we have to get over from desire into happiness is deservedness, is what we actually feel like we deserve. And I grew up in a very strict household, which I talk about a lot in my podcast, and my dad made sure that you know, I was dotting my I's and crossing my T's and not doing anything that would get me in trouble or get me kicked out of the religion. At least he thought, you know, he, A for effort. I was in a relationship with a guy who I feel strongly mirrored my relationship with my mom and my dad combined. It was like a mix of both. It was like the strictness of my father and the abusiveness of my mother in one person. And obviously in the moment, I didn't see that because like anybody else 
you don't know those things in the moment. It's only in hindsight that you can see all those things because you're blinded by love. You're blinded by all the nice things every now and then that they do. Or when you get a lot of shitty stuff and you get one nice thing, the one nice thing is magnified because it's like, oh, this one time that he was actually, he gave me a hug and said he loved me. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I had so many situations like that with him that I didn't find worthiness in my happiness because my happiness was directly tied into how he felt and how the relationship was and if he was happy and if I was doing what I could do to make him happy and if I was taking care of the house the right way or if I was talking to him the right way or having sex enough or like whatever things that were relevant, I wasn't prioritizing my happiness by any means. So let me just give you a little history, okay? So when I started dating this guy, I had met him at work and he was uh, kind of like my boss. He was more like a mentor and he was a little bit older than me, I think five years older than me. And he was super successful. And so he was not very handsome. He was not very attractive, but he had that swag about him where he was confident and like ballsy and he would say the things that you're thinking and his store was really successful. And so it did really well. And he just had all of these like, you know, daddy issues, (laughs) things about him that made me look up to him and like, oh, like I would like his favor. You know, I would like to impress him. I would like him to think highly of me. And it was when I was a sales manager and I was doing well and I was one of the few females. So I did get special attention and we, which is like another story for another time. And we started dating and I honestly don't remember how, I'm not really sure, but we started dating. And it was funny because I had people immediately tell me what a shitty human this guy was like immediately. And part of me kind of knew because again, he would say the things that other people wouldn't say and he would like rag on people and he would like poke fun at people. But it was always in a group setting where it was like meant to be fun, like chill out. I'm a douche, but like everybody likes it. So we all kind of just accepted that's how he was, including myself. And he had a daughter and she was super cute. She was like the sweetest little thing. And so that kind of helped me attach into the relationship a little bit more. And we worked together. So like when we traveled, that was cool because we could kind of like do stuff together and all the things that made sense to me in my early 20 year old mind. We were together for about five years and I realized somewhere around year four that he was cheating on me. And not only was he cheating on me, but he had been cheating on me from the very beginning of our relationship. And after year four, we were together about five years he cheated on me all the way to the very end. And I found clues. Like I knew and I didn't address it. I knew for a fact that he was doing it because I had saw his phone and I had saw messages. He had like a secret phone. <laughs> and I opened it was like a Motorola StarTac. I very vividly remember this from my OGs, you know, like the black flip phone. The first flip phone didn't have a screen on the front. It was just a flip and you can kind of do it with like your thumb. You can flip it. And I remember looking up, my stomach just like dropped. And I was like, he's meeting up with this girl. Like, what is this? And he denied it. I knew it was real. And then I found out from somebody else, another girl he worked with confided in me, he's cheating on you. And I was like, damn. And then <laughs> this is like the snowball just kept rolling. I I closed the chapter on this in my brain a while ago. So I can't remember all of the people and all of the stories because at some point, 
I just was like done and it was a light switch of just, I'm not dealing with this anymore. It's bananas. But one of my close guy friends came up to me at a meeting that we were at and he's drunk and he's like, Christy, I have to tell you, your boyfriend's a douchebag and he's been cheating on you and he's so obvious about it that he doesn't even care or respect you anymore. He's just doing it and knows that you're not going to do anything about it. So he continues to do it because there's no repercussions. And I was mad at this guy who told me this stuff. And for any of you that have had shitty, significant others and have had somebody address you, and then after the fact, you're like, fuck, like, why was I such an ass? Why didn't I listen to this guy? Why was I mad at him? He was looking out for me, you know? If you can feel me on that, maybe you know, but I felt so mad that he would meddle in my relationship, like, mind your business. But inside, I'm like, dang. And it wasn't that I didn't know, is that I did not find myself worthy enough to put my foot down and say, you will not treat me like this. I deserve better than this. No matter if I decided to stay with him or not, he still doesn't have the right to treat me like that. But I was just a baby, you know? I didn't know any better. And I realized at some point that I had told him, it's really interesting the way that this works. I had told him that I wanted to move to Florida and he had told me that he's cool with going to Florida too, but he had his daughter and his daughter's mom didn't want to move to Florida, so he couldn't go. And I was set that I was going to go to Florida. This is the early 20s. It was going to happen one way or another. And so now I'm starting to veer, right? And he can feel it where I don't really care as much. Like I'm kind of just doing my own thing. I don't care about the quote unquote repercussions because if I would go out with friends, he'd want to know where I was. Like I had to ask to go out with girlfriends. Like he was that kind of guy. So the straw that broke the camel's back was he would travel for work and I was home. I was working out of a store. So I was local and he covered like a region of the Best Buy. So he covered multiple stores and could travel. I found out he was traveling to go meet up with an admin of his and they would go get a hotel in Massachusetts somewhere and have sex for the weekend. And that's just what they would do, like have their little getaways. And so I found this out. And while he was gone, I packed my stuff and I told him I was leaving. I found an apartment and got it all set up and told him I was out. And it was just one of those, like, switch has flipped. I don't give a fuck. Like, I am done. This is over. The 11th time is too many times because <laughs> the 10th wasn't enough. But once we got to 11, magic number, gotta go. And I was done. That was it. I moved out. He had come over one day and he came over with a ring and it was a um, like diamond band. Looks actually kind of similar to my wedding band, but definitely not as nice. And he was like, hey, um, I want you to have this, you know, you don't have to say yes right now, but I want to commit to you that we're going to be together and I'm going to work on being a better man and I'm going to be uh, a better, I'm going to be a great husband and then a great dad. Oh my gosh, you wanted kids too. I forgot to tell you that part. He wanted kids to make our relationship better. Oh, if you guys watch Catfish, like I'd be waving my red flag right now. Don't do it. That never makes things better. It's hard enough when you really like the person that you're with. Kids don't help it. Oh my gosh. Anyway, oh. He gave it to me. I didn't want it. He made me keep it. He left that day. That was the last day I saw him. Told him to go beep himself. And I ended up trading in that car and leaving my ring in that car for somebody else to have. They're welcome. 
moved to Florida just a couple months later. It was fabulous. Started my new life. And that was a big lesson for me because I had some major takeaways from that. One is that sunk cost fallacy I talked to you about, that five years that I have invested could have easily been like, okay, well, you know, this isn't so bad. Like I love his daughter and I like where we live. I like our house and we, this makes sense. You know, we both are in an area that's close to work, all those random, the random shit we tie into relationships. All of this would work really good, blah, blah, blah. I could have done all of that. And yet I knew I finally listened to my gut after all that time that was like screaming at me, not to mention other humans literally telling me and I was physically embarrassed. I couldn't go anywhere without feeling like an asshole because everybody knew my boyfriend was cheating on me. Not that I'm still mad about it, you know, 20 years later. But I learned all of these things and knew that something had to change. And I put my self-worth and my fear and discomfort of having to find my own place, having to buy my own stuff and pay my own bills and all of these things, being alone and all of those things that scare you from leaving a relationship. And in the moment, there was parts that were scary. And after I did it, I was like, oh yeah. Like the first time I wanted to go out on a Friday night and I just went out and didn't have to tell my freaking boyfriend dad about where I was going was like, ah, angels came down and sang and shit. It was amazing. So note to self, it is scary when your entire life is weaved together and you don't necessarily have the confidence yet to do it. But if you know, and your gut is saying to do it, you won't be led astray. After it happens, things will work out. The universe has a way of bringing magic together when you show up as the person that you are supposed to be. And when that's clouded for you, everything looks kind of crazy. As the clouds part and the sun comes out, you will see that you will be so much happier when you value your self-worth first. And listen, I understand not everybody can just pick up and move to Florida, Christy. Like I have kids, I have a family, I have whatever. And that's cool. A, I'm just sharing my experience. So I know I was fortunate in the sense that I didn't have a lot holding me back and I was able to make this big decision. But just because you have all of those things doesn't mean that you don't deserve to be valued and to feel like you're worthy of happiness and to be treated fairly and loved and all of those things. And over time, as we continue to accept that as the normal, that's what we start to expect. It just sets our baseline a little bit lower. And so the whole reason why I wanted to have this conversation is if you've been feeling like you aren't truly happy, I guess is probably like the biggest underlying factor. Don't just assume that that's just how it's going to be forever. Start to ask yourself why, what would make you happy? Hopefully you can fix the problem. A lot of times when you're working with another human in your life, I say working with, like in a relationship with another human in your life, it is going to be difficult because you don't, you're not mind readers. You don't know what the other person is thinking all the time. And most times people don't want to be a shitty human to the other person. And so usually a lot of this can be worked out in conversation. But if you are or happen to be with somebody who is truly just not treating you well, and most likely they have some work they have to do on themselves, whether or not they realize it yet, then those are the times where you have to take a step back and prioritize yourself and make sure that you are getting the most out of the relationship. And I'm going to get onto story number two about the second time. I would, you know, I know I called the first time engaged. I never really accepted the engagement, but I had the engagement ring. So I don't know. You can call it what you want. Maybe half engaged. I'm not sure. Either way, had the ring, left it in the car, traded it in, called it a day. 
And before I get into relationship number two, big relationship number two, let me just give you some of my biggest ahas and takeaways from young Christie's life. Just some of the things I've learned. I know I don't have all of the answers, but I learned that we attract what we feel about ourselves. We attract what we think we're worth. And as we continue to grow and realize what we're worth and what a freaking catch we are, then that also changes the people around you. Now, I think the other thing that influences the people that we choose is definitely our relationship with ourselves internally outside of the relationship and the experiences that we've had that tell us what makes sense in our head for who we are in a relationship in what relationships should look like based on our past experiences. And I mean more like growing up, childhood, that kind of thing. And listen, I am not a divorce advocate, okay? I don't have like, I'm not a marriage counselor. I can't tell you when the time is or isn't right. What I can tell you is I grew up Jehovah's Witness and I saw so many people, there's actually two parts to this. Number one, I saw so many people, men and women, who clearly would have just been way happier embracing their sexuality. And since that religion claimed that men who lie with men will be destroyed in Armageddon and that you couldn't have sex till you were married, which is like pretty much the two worst things that's possible to figure out who you are as a person and what you want and who you're attracted to. But you know, majority of people got married at 18 or 19. So it totally swayed your decision making because you haven't had sex yet, most likely, if you're not sneaking around and doing it. And you're like, okay, this person looks cool. Let's go. You know, like that's good enough. All right. You know, come on over. It's hard to have to tell those around you something that you know is not going to be taken lightly, that you know is going to change your entire life. Divorce is one of them. You know, if you're in a strict religion is another one of them. Coming out is another one. You know, there's a lot of different impactful aspects of your life, of who you are as a person that really can change your perception of people around you. So I'm not minimizing that. But if you want to be happy, you need to live a life that makes you happy. And if you want to find someone who makes you happy, then you have to be happy as you are. So if you're not acknowledging what really makes you happy, how would you expect somebody else to compliment that? Then we expect those people to become our happiness and to make us happy. And that's the worst mistake you can make because they should be adding to your happiness because you're already solid and firm and your foundation's good and you love who you are and you love what you're doing. And I always put it, I phrase it as I want somebody who can run alongside me. I was like, you know, I guess I didn't phrase it technically. Carrie phrased it from Sex and the City, but I borrowed it, okay? So I want somebody that can run alongside me. I don't need somebody to complete me or to add in value for me that I don't feel like I have. I wanna be loving who I am and the life that I live. And then as I'm like, I'm like visually seeing myself running, somebody runs up alongside me. I'm like, what's up? And he's like, what's up? And it's like, you wanna run? I'm like, hell yeah. And then we run. Did you get that visual? That's how I felt. That's how I felt about relationships. And that's honestly how I felt about my husband. He was doing his own thing, loving his life in Chicago. I was doing my own thing, loving my life in Florida. And together, we have had a lot of fun. And it's because we already kind of had our shit together. And listen, in the meantime, while you're trying to figure out who you are and what's important to you, those points in your childhood that I was referencing are going to come up and show themselves to you. If you have things that need to be healed, 
or topics of conversation that you should bring to your therapist, which you know how I feel about therapy, 10 out of 10 would recommend. If you have those things, you got to address those because they are going to keep showing up. Who you are mirrors the people that come into your life. And if you've noticed when you're super negative, you'll find some people to just shoot the shit with you. Other people around you will jump on in and join the party. If you are a positive person, it kind of annoys the negative people after a little while, but the more positive things that come out, the more positivity you attract in other people. So thinking about relationships, it's a really good way to mirror the kind of person that you are and the vibes that you give off. I can tell you, for example, for me, you know, I, it took me a long time to work through some of my mom issues. I always thought that it was going to be dad issues, which I had those too. But a lot of the letting it be okay for how people speak to me and the level of respect they give me in a relationship or just in general, it took me a long time to get that one. Because in the religion, you had to act and be a certain way and you never talked back and you never questioned authority. And then at home, I really couldn't do it because my mom would say crazy things. And then my dad was super religious and wanted me to act a certain way so I couldn't truly be myself. And then first boyfriend, which I'm protecting his name, even though I shouldn't because everybody should know, but I'm better than that. He definitely not only treated me a certain way, but said mean things to me and then acted like that, which was clearly disrespectful. And then the next, this is the person I was engaged to, had a serious anger issue where he didn't hit me or anything like that, but he would hit other things and he would get very fired up over very small things. And he was the kind of person that if you were driving with him, you had to buckle your seatbelt in and make sure you pull on it twice, give it a little tug, make sure you're, you're tucked in there because shit could go down from anything. Somebody's gonna use a blinker, somebody cuts him off, like somebody, God forbid, flips on the bird or something. Holy moly. So it was literally me repeating my time with my mom. I was repeating the walking on eggshells just with a new partner. The interesting thing about that relationship was, again, we had met at work. Listen, I grew up in Best Buy. Okay. So it's just, this is like my only thing I did. That's the only people I knew. That's the only friends I had. So I didn't go to college. Well, I went to college virtually later, but I'm just saying before you're judging me, this is all I knew. Okay. So second fiance that I was going to get married to, and this went pretty close to the actual date of getting married. I think I had to do the last deposit and I called it off about a month before the wedding. I loved his family. Like loved, 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 loved his family. So nice. They had like this great house in this nice comfortable city and they had like this quiet little life and they had other grandchildren and he had a sister and those girls were so cute and their family was so kind and welcomed me in right away. And we went up to visit in like this really rural area and it was, everybody was friendly. Like it was like the family experience that I wanted. And I could see myself in that family experience. And sometimes in relationships, we sacrifice again, ourselves and what really makes us happy for kind of like the bigger picture. I feel like if I didn't learn from my prior relationship, I would have settled or bargained, if you will. You know, just, oh, I can stay because of that. You know, it'll be fine. I'll still be happy, kind of, you know. But ultimately, I knew what I really wanted. But I just didn't want to be in a relationship where I had to worry about potential divorce before I even got married. You know what I mean? Jehovah's Witnesses says no divorce. God, I wish my parents would have gotten a divorce. 
And I tell anybody that, that that wants to listen, if you're just staying quote unquote for the kids, you know kids can feel the energy. You know kids know when you were just arguing or when you're not happy or when you are happy. They feel all of that. And the religion stopped my parents from getting a divorce, but I think my life would have been remarkably better if they had. And that's something to consider. But I liked the family side of this. So instead of figuring out what was going to make me happy, I just saw myself like, I can deal with him because I get all of this. And that's why I say it's so important to work on ourselves before attracting a partner because we are giving off the exact vibe of what we think we deserve and the person that we're with and we'll tolerate what we think we're worthy of. And so if we don't think we're worthy of happiness or worthy of being in a safe relationship or worthy of putting our own needs first or worthy of having freedom or worthy of doing things without asking or worthy of not being yelled at because that's how it's always has been or that's how we were treated or it's how my mom was treated or how my dad was treated or whatever, those are all going to be things that show up in your relationship. I truly believe too that how they're acting is a reflection of them and not you. So I know I'm saying a lot of your what you're putting out is what you're getting back. But in my experience with him and others who have cheated on me, and maybe I can just give you like a quick pro tip from somebody who's been cheated on, oh, you know, like a billion times. Um, this is definitely something to look out for. If you're really getting a lot of questions and you know that you're truly not doing anything, like I was never more loyal than I was with, I told, he like knew everything I did. Besides, I used to go to the casino and play bingo. And I didn't tell him that because I would tell him I had no money to pay bills, but I did, but I used it at bingo. So besides that, don't count that, but everything else he knew what I did, never anything with other guys. And he was the one that was doing stuff. So he had this guilty conscience and he was constantly accusing me of doing stuff that I wasn't doing. My gut knew it's because he was cheating. Not only did I not want to see it, but I just didn't put my worth ahead of the relationship. I wanted the relationship more than I wanted to be happy. And so I let him continue to mistreat me for another year until I had just had enough. So I've always been a pretty chill person like it doesn't it takes a lot for me to get upset like mad where I'm like fuming or like yelling or any of that it really takes a lot because I've seen that kind of side you know and I don't like to act that way so if I'm yelling then seriously you better watch out like the volcano has erupted anybody in its wake is in danger but most of the time I'm a normal human and I am very patient or very like low key. I'm very low key. And so to have a fiance who could get pissed off at the smallest things made me extremely nervous. And I hated trying to be prepared all of the time because sometimes I couldn't predict it. Sometimes I didn't know it was coming. And oh, I forgot that I had a relationship in the middle that was just like this too. I just remembered him. He was also bananas, but I think he was just natural, but I don't think he was cheating on me could he have been as possible but I think he was just he had his own mommy issues just remembered had quite a lot of cuckoos but and you know on that topic too I'm not covering it in this podcast today but don't feel like if you had a fucked up relationship and then gotten another one that it's really your fault I mean it takes time to learn 
what you really want. And sometimes that I know for me in my life, the whole reason why I'm doing this podcast is because I learned from experience. It's just the way I am built. So I have a lot of stories to tell, but it's because I messed up a lot of stuff. And, you know, I have been waiting for texts and been ghosted. I've been stood up. I've online dated and saw met a catfish. Like I've done all of that. So I've done the hard to. I know what that's like. I'm not sitting here from a place of I've figured it all out and I have a wonderful husband and everything is great now. It's more just if I could go back and tell baby Christy what she could do differently, my number one thing would be, girl, you are worth so much more than sticking through a shitty relationship just for how much time you've spent in that relationship or how much you've already invested. Let it go, start some new investments and keep it freaking moving. You know what I mean? Every second that you spend in a relationship that is not doing you any good is literally time that you could be spending talking to somebody else, finding other people, enjoying your own freaking company. It is, life is too short to just stay in an unhappy relationship just for the sake of the relationship or whatever BS excuse we put into our head. I'm just saying, had to get that out. Okay, this one, let me stay on track here. We were driving to go on a trip and we pulled up to this two lane stoplight, like two lanes to turn left for arrows. And somebody came over that needed to get in and kind of like the equivalent of cut him off, but it's Florida. So like everybody kind of cuts you off because everybody is a senior citizen and pulled over and he lost his shit. He gets up as close as he can behind this car. There's like less than an inch of space. He's beeping as loud as he can. He's doing the whole arm thing. Then he like whips into the parking lot, whips around the guy. And it's just as as simple as what I told you. Like somebody just tried to get in front of him to get in the left lane. But this stuff happened all the time. And this was the one thing that flipped the switch for me. And that's just how my brain works. It was enough. And I was like, boop, this is no no more. Like, we're not doing this anymore. Can you imagine if I had kids in the car? Like, my kids seeing this? Can you imagine how he'd treat my kids? And like, I couldn't think of any of that. All of that, that was just way too much for me to handle. And like I said, I loved his parents. Like, we spoke. We would text back and forth. And it was like, like especially his mom. I loved his mom. And I told him he had lived in my house and I told him that I wanted him out. I gave him enough time so he could get his stuff together. He announced on Facebook that I called off the wedding the night that we had this conversation. I forgot about that. So I had friends messaging me saying like, holy shit, you know, (laughs) I forgot he did that. That's really funny. And his parents sent me a, a long email saying like, just try therapy and try to work it out. You know, he hasn't always had the easiest life and there's things you can do differently. And, and I was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I am not doing therapy before I even marry somebody to do marriage therapy for how they should act when we're not even married yet. No freaking way. No way. Because you know what happened at this point? I had already had a couple cuckoos. And so this one, got me to the point of, I was like, nope, this is what I deserve. This is what I'm looking for. This is not what I'm looking for. And I had kind of narrowed it down. But the number one thing that was really high was my self-worth was I am not going to wake up every morning and be worried about what's going to happen that day. I am not going to be with somebody that cheats on me. I am not going to be with somebody that disrespects me. And granted that I have to figure that out over, oh, you know, like mm, 
12 years? Yes, but those are the lessons I picked up along the way and I knew what to look out for. And for me, every time I went through a crazy relationship, it helped me narrow it down to pretty much exactly what I would want in a husband. Like what would be the kind of guy that I would want to spend the rest of my life with? What qualities would he have? How would he act? How would he speak? How would he be with his family? What would be important to him? What would he like to do? You know, all of those things. Those were the things that were important to me. And instead of thinking about all the things that weren't, I just focused on those things. Did I find this this list of a perfect husband right away? No, I sure didn't. But I was able to get more clear on what I wanted and also how I wanted to show up in this relationship too. So it wasn't just him. It was, am I happy? Do I like who I am? Am I focused on myself? I got more into fitness at that point. And I just did things that would make me the best version of me. So when I was out and about, I could find somebody who would complement that version, which is who I wanted to be and how I wanted to show up in that future relationship. And one of the things that gets in the way, you know, I was in my 30s when I started dating is I didn't was I excited that I was in my 30s? No. Did I assume I was going to get married in my 20s? Yeah. I would have waited till I was 40 if I knew that I could avoid being in a relationship that I wasn't happy in just to be in a relationship. That doesn't make any sense either. But so many times we settle for what we think we're supposed to be doing and we're missing the whole point. You know, it's way better to be in a relationship where you can show up 100% as yourself and the person you're with is somebody you love so much because they exhibit the qualities you want, not qualities you're settling for, than to just be in a relationship so you can check the box and bring somebody to Christmas dinner or whatever and really just not be truly happy. And I had to learn that the hard way because I wanted to be in a relationship where I was loved and taken care of and accepted and all this stuff. And so I would take those really small breadcrumbs that I was given and say, oh, look, this is okay, right? This will be fine. But it was never the complete package until I decided, like I put my foot down and learned over 12 years that this is what I really want. And those moments are really worth the wait. But back in the story real quick. So to to end, to put the nice little bow on this after a very long, long story short, Like I mentioned before, I ended up calling off the wedding with just a little bit of time to spare. But at that point, I knew there was no question. I wasn't, I was sad that I was going to make other people sad, but I I knew. And even my best friend that was my maid of honor, she reminds me of this story. She's like, I've never seen you more sure. And I was a hundred percent sure. I could not imagine getting married to somebody that I knew in my gut I didn't want to be with. His family threw me a bachelorette party. Like they considered me somebody as part of the family. You know, I went there for holidays. It was just like they welcomed me into their world. I was a part of all of that. I felt bad. I did. But again, when it comes back to self-worth of what's important, is it, okay, Christy, we'll make everybody happy and get married and hate your life after you get married and know that you should have done it and then regret it forever, especially after you have kids and do all of those things? Or... Suck it up right now and know that not everybody's going to like your decision, but know that what's important to you and what feels right to you is different than the situation that you're in. And the more that you do that and listen to your instinct, the stronger it gets and the less time you have to spend sinking your costs into things that don't serve you. But also you get to be somebody who can trust where they're going and feels good about the decisions they make because they know that they're going to be happy once they make them. 
Okay, maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but I don't think relationships have to be hard. I truly do not think that they need to be something that is difficult. And I say that because I lived it, where my relationship with Is was something that was super easy. I mean, we were friends before we met, and I had known him personally, so I had got to know him over about three years as another peer. Yes, I know, another best buy person. Okay, thanks. Now that we've addressed that elephant in the room, it's addressed, and <laughs> we knew each other. And so I was fine with just being friends with him because I enjoyed his company. And we had never really, it was never creepy, like it was never weird like that. But we were both kind of the most chill people on the team. We were in human resources. So we were like people who like to drink the most and go do stuff. So we just kind of hung out. And after he asked me to go to a, a Wrigley, to go to Wrigley Field and go see the Cubbies play, we had a really fun night together. And just like at the game, and we were like, wow, like this could be something that's really interesting. And then the next weekend I flew up and I was like, well, let's see what this is all about. And outside of Best Buy, we just had our own weekend together. It was a blast. It was so easy and so fun. And we just did all the things and drank all the things and ate all the things and enjoyed each other's company and was like, wow, like this is a normal relationship. Wow, that's kind of weird, you know? And we did the long distance thing for about a year. And over that time, we got to know each other better. It was like every time we met up, it was a vacation. Highly recommend the long distance thing. I know a lot of people don't, and it did kind of suck. We did have it have it pretty good. We didn't go longer than three weeks without seeing each other. So we had like the fake long distance relationship. We both traveled for work. So we had access to Southwest points and we would travel and see each other more often, but it was easy off the bat and it wasn't shady and it wasn't uncomfortable and we didn't have to guess and we didn't have to like text each other and then like wait a little bit to make sure they don't think that I'm too interested. It was just easy. It was just how it should be. And we talk about it now. If we had met even like a year prior, it probably wouldn't have been the right time for us. Definitely not five years prior. We just needed to be at the right points in our life where he was set in what he had. He felt good about his life, about his career, about his family, about where he lived. He was having fun. He was enjoying himself. I felt the same way, felt good about myself, my job, what I was doing, loved fitness, had my own things, my own friends. And so together, we didn't have to fit in for each other's weaknesses. We both just ran straight ahead side by side. And that makes for such a fun relationship. I'm not saying that we are 100% perfect. Of course, we have disagreements and and stuff comes up and we address it. But the difference in this relationship is that where before I was afraid to bring things up and I didn't want to say certain things and I knew how he'd react if, you know, I said I was unhappy about something or if I didn't like the way he did something, you know, it was always my fault. There was a lot of broken communication in my past relationships. And with my husband from the start, we were always able to easily speak to each other. And I thought that was such a good sign of what's to come because yeah, relationships can be hard. And of course, things are going to come up. And it's not always rainbows and sunshine. But in those moments where it's not rainbows and sunshine, what really matters is how you're able to communicate with the person that you're with. If you are not showing up as yourself, and if you're trying to attract what other people in your life think you should, race, gender, affluence, location, height, you know, weight, etc. Then, I mean, good luck. Because not only are you limiting what's possible, but potentially... You're unknowingly pushing away your prince or princess charming and you're never going to be truly happy because you're not putting out the vibe of something you want. 
you're putting out what you think you want based on the circumstances. And, you know, sometimes you just never know. I say it about my husband all the time. He's a short guy. I only want a tall guys. I'm a tall girl. I'm 5'11". And he is 5'9". And initially it bothered me because I thought that my Prince Charming was going to be tall. But is checked the other 99 boxes on my list of somebody that I really would love to be in a relationship with. And so that wasn't my influencing factor. And it's so funny how in so many situations, that is a really big influencing factor and you can miss out on the person that you're supposed to be with. That's really easy and really fun because you're not focused on the right thing. So that's just something to think about too. So just like everything else I talk about, it's always worth your time to start to peel back some of the layers of some of the things that might continue to show up. If you keep finding relationships where you are not being respected, then maybe you can tie it back to some times in your life, maybe your younger life, where you were disrespected and you allowed that to happen, especially if it's from a parent. Uh, That might be something that is showing up unknowingly and that might continue to show up in the men or women that you choose. Peeling that back and kind of dissecting it and figuring out like, okay, so that's where that came from. Is that the way I wanna be treated? Is that the way I wanna show up? And noticing when it happens will show you that little by little, your self-worth is more important and that you're not gonna be, you're not gonna allow people to treat you that way. And being honest with yourself of figuring out that you might have some problems showing up and it's not just the guys that you're seeing or the girls that you're seeing that some of this might just come from you, then you will likely start to attract a different kind of person when you're showing up a different way. And I really would hope this goes without saying, but I am not talking about abusive relationships. I'm not saying that you're doing that and you're the one that's making people abuse you. That's not what I mean. What I mean is when you are not sticking up for what is important to you and worthy for you and you're staying in relationships because you feel like the relationship is more valuable than yourself, then that is something that you need to take action on. Obviously get the help if you need it and make sure that you're in a place where you're able to address those issues do it safely and in a safe place. But if we're talking about disrespect, if we're talking about cheating, if we're talking about just the way people talk to you or just not appreciating you as a human, then that is where you need to draw the line and say, this is the kind of thing I accept no more. New Christy says, go beep beep yourself. And I don't know why sometimes I choose to swear and sometimes I don't, I don't know. But you know, it's just one of those things where you got to say enough's enough. And you got to make that decision for yourself. I know it took me far too long in my relationship where enough wasn't enough yet. And I'm sure we've all had those friends where we're like, why are you still with him? I'm shaking them. But it has to be the right time. And I get that. And as you build up your self-worth, you'll get to that point where you'll be able to make a decision, stand on your own two feet and be like, I got this shit. I'm the boss. I do what I want. It's coming, girl. It is coming. So I hope you got something out of this, my story about my crazy past relationships. I hope that it helped you in some way. I want you to know more than anything that you are amazing and you are capable of humongous, great, wonderful things in your life. And that includes you finding a partner to run alongside you and to make you super happy. So if you haven't found them yet, they're out there and they're probably looking for you. So keep looking. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. This is a little longer than normal. I hope you liked it. Please subscribe, like, stars, all the things. Keep coming back every Friday for more. And until then, go chase those stars. 
Thank you so much for listening in today to the Chase Your Stars podcast, my friend. If you liked these vibes, then please subscribe so we can hang more often. I release new episodes every Friday, so I hope to see you then. And until then, go chase those stars.